woods and waters of the Great Lakes State to the Michigan Talk Network. It's Wild Michigan with your host, Duran Martinez. Welcome to Wild Michigan. I'm Duran Martinez. Very happy to have you here on the Michigan Talk Network. Oh my gosh, we finally uh, we finally got a light dusting of snow this week. I don't know what about six inches in my yard. That that's a light dusting. If I can go out and shovel without any effort, that's a beautiful thing. You didn't even have to fire up the uh, the snowblower because the ground temp was warmer. That was nice. It melted it out of my driveway. Uh, we are being brought to you by our friends at Not Just Guns, Cedar Street at 127 in Mason. Those guys are fantastic. Fantastic. Check them out online, notjustguns.com. Better yet, go there in person. Or if you're looking for something and you're a distance away, uh, give them a call. They're, they're very happy and very good at taking care of everybody for all their needs. Lots and lots of ammunition, even hard to find stuff at better prices than anywhere. So I would say definitely check Not Just Guns first. And also uh, be looking into everything with our friends at Conquest Sense. Had a conversation with Doug Roberts, the deer professor, the other day. And uh, some new things coming on the horizon. Can't tell you what they are yet, but uh, when we get them all worked out, we will let you know. And we want you to ask the dear professor. If you've got a question for Doug, we would love to uh, read it on air for you uh, in regards to whitetail deer and and deer hunting in in Michigan. By all means, shoot me an email, outdoormailbag at gmail.com, and uh, just put ask in the the, email. subject line and we will get that read on the air when we have Doug on next very simple stuff and uh, happy to uh, answer your questions whenever we can Uh, good friend David A. Rose outdoor writer and outdoor angling enthusiast extraordinaire joins us right now how are you sir Good. Is that what I am? I'm an extraordinaire. I like that. You're, you're an extraordinaire. Yeah, I, I don't have. Uh, well, fortunately, you're not uh, fragile, which is Italian for major award. <laughs> <That's Warren>. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny how that has entered our, our lexicon of life. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. It's but, probably um, in the dictionary. It, it is just that way with an accent over the e. Um, yep. A question. I, I, so, how was the the Ultimate Fishing Show uh, in Novi at Suburban Collection Showplace? Because I did not get a chance to make it as much as I wanted to go. Uh, I hear tell that it was a smashing success. It was. You know, this is. You know, we had it last year, which was the first year after the whole big pandemic and stuff. And you know, a lot of Canadian outfitters could not make it to the show uh, just because uh, yada yada yada. But this year. They had record attendance for the show on Saturday. Wow. Um, so there was a lot of elbow to elbows in there. And, yeah, Canadian Outfitters, boats, uh, you know, the, the boat dealers now have some boats in stock. <laughs> and, of course, fishing tackle is getting a little better, you know, or when it comes to being in stock as well. So people were just really happy to be at the show, touchy-feely with everything, great seminars throughout the day. Um 
yeah, it was it was like old times, and it was it just felt really good. You know, we we often talk about the successes and and the the likes of a show. I mean, everybody likes seeing the local tackle, uh, the stuff that people make. You know, that you can only get down by the Detroit uh, area tackle shops or or some of the other things that are unique to the show or to certain areas. But you know, people when we posted about it on our Facebook page, they's like, well, you know, are they going to have as many boats there this year because they took up a, a pretty large section of the floor plan because we didn't have those Canadian outfitters. And, and again, I couldn't report on that personally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for all those that were wondering, it was wonderful. There's also Outdoor Rama coming up at the end of the month at Novi at the Suburban Collection Showplace. And of course, in nearby Grand Rapids for y'all, uh, the Ultimate Sports Show, which is uh, March uh, 9th through 12th. Yeah, it's man, March is going to be a busy month. I mean, aside from, uh, you know, Outdoor Rama, which is really the only February thing we have going on, um, which I definitely look forward to being there at that. Uh, coming up in March, we've got uh, the United Deer Farmers of Michigan up in Gaylord that I'll be attending, the Ultimate Sports Show. And, of course, the the following week after that, we have Commemorative Bucks of Michigan uh, in, in March, happening at Soaring Eagles. So if you're looking for something to do in March, shame on you if you can't find anything. Yeah, if you love the outdoors, you love hunting and fishing or camping or whatever, there's yeah, the the options are yours. Now I want to go back to the the, uh, the ultimate fishing show, Detroit, uh, because you know you are able to walk the floor a lot. Did you see anything that really caught your eye? Because I know you see firsthand a lot of new tackle and, and things of the like. But but was there something that grabbed Dave's eye? Uh, kind of well, a little bit more than normal. Yeah, well, there's a few things. Um, there was a, a booth there, and they were there last year, too, that um, uh, uh, their experts are rod building. So if you wanted to be your own, you know, make your own fishing rod and stuff like that, and, of course, I'm brain farting on the uh, name of the company, unfortunately, <laughs> but um, uh, they're from the area down there, and, of course, they're, of course, they're offering, you know, show discounts and all that kind of stuff. But rod blanks and rod building supplies, and that, that kind of caught my eye. I mean, rod building has been around for a long time. But, you know, there hasn't really been that, you know, there's a lot of rod builders out there that will make you a beautiful custom rod, but doing it yourself. So that was really good to see, kind of going back to a, I'm not going to say old school, because there's a lot of new supplies in there and stuff. So that was unique. Um, You know, there's not been a lot of, like, wow, this is brand new, because obviously the sonar companies were there, you know, they're Mm -hmm. um, obviously, with you know, the front scanning, all sorts of stuff, you know, live imaging Oh, my goodness. I mean, that's always, I mean, that's probably the newest thing. And, and these companies are coming out with just, ama- it's just, it's unfair to the fish. I and mean, that'll be another subject. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so, you know, the electronics were good. Um, like I said, you know, boat dealers actually had boats to sell, and it wasn't taking up half the, you know, floor plan or anything like that. Right. It, it, there was a lot of things there. So, and it was just good to see these companies, you know, Frank's Great Outdoors and all these other people that usually have a huge retail space in these shows actually have their huge retail space at these shows. So, so, you know, the tackle is coming back into stock. So that was good to see. Um, yeah. I mean, then, and again, talking to our friends from uh, outfitters from all over, you know, from, you know, United States, Kentucky, Tennessee, whatever to, uh, to Canada. 
Yeah, it's it's a good, definitely a good time, and I'm bummed out that I didn't make it this year. But uh, definitely, definitely for those who made it, you you uh, enjoyed a good show, and I, I understood from what Bill Parker was telling us that uh, Kevin Van Dam was going to be there as well. Yep, Kevin Van Dam was there on that first Thursday, and um, that was good. So he always draws a nice crowd. And then Mark Zona, Zona's Awesome Fishing Show, and of course uh, the voice of the Bassmasters. Um, uh, he was there giving uh, seminars on Sunday too. So there's a lot of big names as well. The local, the local know-it-all. Well, I'll say know-it-alls, but the local <laughs> pros, the local experts. Uh, you know that that's the, the, the you'll never get better seminars in fishing than you will at these shows. Right, and, and, and Mark Zona, class act. That guy, that guy's awesome. I've had the opportunity oh, he's, to, he's to meet and work with him uh, on several occasions of the Bassmaster Classic, and. Um, just just always so cool and so friendly and you know and and I would really I, I'd like to see more seminars I mean you know Lansing we, we have to go to Detroit or we have to go to Grand Rapids you know I I don't know I know they've tried it here before with, with some of the shows and you know and this this town I'm gonna say this is my hometown uh you guys need to get a clue about the about the outdoor industry because you're really missing a hell of a lot of money first of all and, and people and tourism and the like i mean we're all making those trips to detroit because they built it and they will come well you know what you have so many people in this area and and again just for whatever reason these shows just do not survive yep i, I was part of those shows in lansing through the showspan corporation who owns and runs the these uh, shows I was just talking about. Sure. And uh, so if you need more information, just remember showsfan.com. But anyway, yeah, Lansing was a gr- I enjoyed the Lansing show. Oh, sure. Smaller. All right. You need to get around. Unfortunately, it's not there because, well, the crowd wasn't there. But right on. Was David A. Rose is our guest here. More coming your way on Wild Michigan. Stricken with Mossy Oak, and you're listening to Wild Michigan with Duran Martinez. It sits above the mantle on a couple rusty nails, and it's worth a bunch of money, but it damn sure ain't for sale. Welcome back to Wild Michigan. The Lord only knows all. Very happy to have you here back as we are making our way towards February and the possibility of ice. <laughs> in some parts of the state to actually go out and do some ice fishing. I know we had it for a while, then we had this this wonderful warm-up. Look, I didn't mind a green January, okay? I, I, I'll i be that guy because, you know, I don't own a motorcycle. I don't own a snowmobile. I don't have a boat. So, you know, not not uh, not uh, seeing those uh, the snow doesn't kill me. But I do like to go ice fishing. And uh, that's something that's been I've been watching our good friend Brian Brosdahl watching watching Bro since literally I think either the end of October or early November he's been ice fishing in northern Minnesota where he is now David A Rose you're up in the Traverse City area uh, how are you guys doing up there I mean you guys got a bit more snow than we did uh, at the beginning but how have you how's it held out for you Well you know that Christmas storm came through we literally in in the little bird south of Travers where I live, we got 21 inches, with the, and not including the drifts. And one week to that day, it was gone. 
everything. Oh, so, my gosh, no. And I know. So <laughs> the rivers, obviously the rivers had plenty of water in them, and, and steelhead fishing was okay. But, you know, what a strange year. There have been years in the past, I remember walking on some small lakes up here, and we did not have the snow because I remember just not a stitch of snow. But it was cold, mm-hmm. and the ice was spectacular. You know, the ice was outstanding. Um, that's not the case this year. And, and you know, there's a, there's a small lake. Well, it gets fairly deep. It gets to like 80, 90 feet deep, but it's still less than 2,000 acres, so it's relatively small. Um, it's opened. It's it's frozen and opened up three times. Oh and I just God. drove by it this morning, and it's back open again. Uh, another uh, person I know on a small lake up here, the lake is about 1,000 acres. It's only 30 feet deep. It usually freezes early. We ice fish on it. You know, the west side of that lake was open all season, and there was kind of an open canal in the middle of the lake, and now that open canal is literally right in front of this guy's house. I mean, I, he, he has open water in front of his house. And, you know, but there are some lakes where they are starting to get out, and, um, you know, it's been finally slightly below freezing. So, you know, our real small lakes, guys and gals are getting out, but, you know, they're not taking quads. They're not taking snowmobiles. Mm-hmm. We've all seen pictures on social media, you know, quads and snowmobiles that uh, shouldn't have been there that are now in the water. Right, <laughs> so, right. So, you know, that's that's what we got to deal with. And, you know, uh, we'll be going – Mark Martin's ice fishing vacation school is coming up, um, and it's supposed to be on Mullet Lake. And, of course, that just kind of froze, so they're not getting out on that lake. They'll be going out on another small lake up there. Um, So his pro staff is really excited to try new water because that's what these guys do. They love finding – and these guys Mm -hmm. find fish where nobody else has found fish, you know, just because they know the – you know, they utilize their maps and all that kind of stuff. But, but, uh, no, it's – it is really iffy up here. You know, our big lakes, uh, you know, like the Torch Chain and that, you know, those lakes are not going to freeze this year probably. Right. Um, and so, you know, the lake trout fishery and stuff is, is safe. And this could actually be good, um, you know, because guys and gals are just starting to get out on our small lakes for panfish and whatnot. That's a lot of panfish that aren't getting caught and aren't getting eaten. So so it this could be a, a better spring because of the lack of ice. David A. Rose is our guest here on Wild Michigan. I'm Duran Martinez. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, my friend Scott Goins was out on Saginaw Bay, and he said that they had landed some absolute monsters, caught and released, you know, like nine pounders out there, which yeah. is, which is, you know what, if you're going to fish just to fish, and you can do that in January, that's fantastic. Right. They were in the boat, correct? Yes, Absolutely. Yeah, in, yep, yep. in a boat in January on Saginaw Bay, uh, fishing for walleye, uh, catching and releasing the, the, the big ones, and um, and and they said that they were just having a fantastic time, which I don't recall ever a January. You know, it's been a long time. Normally, about January, you hear about somebody that's blown, been blown out to the bay because they wouldn't yep, come in, yep. and no, yep, not this time. Yep. It's boats. Yep, it's boats. And uh, another good friend of mine, Brandon Stratton, he's a guide down there. Ice in. It, last week he was out in his boat, but you know with this cooler um, stint coming up, he he figures it's going to be unboatable here uh, within this next you know end of January, which is good. Um, some guys were actually ice fishing on uh, on the bay, but they were literally in two feet, you know, three feet would have been deep, just out on some of that shelf kind of ice and stuff mm-hmm. like that. They were catching perch and pike and whatnot, but but yeah, it's it is yeah definitely no snowmobiles and quads there and. Uh, 
yeah, you just got to watch that wind on Saginaw Bay. That's for sure. Yeah, it, it, it can be very dangerous out there. And, you know, again, year after year, we get people that get blown out because they, they don't want to come in or they're not paying attention. And, and it's it's a big body of water that doesn't get real deep. So, you know, you can go out very easily. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's it's one of those it's one of those areas that it's like you say, it's a very in big water is totally different than small lakes. I mean, not just in how it fishes, but. But just the ice, what the ice is almost alive out there. It cracks and groans, and you know, you all of a sudden you go out one way and you have to come back another way because a, a giant heave you went between <laughs> you and shore that's you know eight foot tall or something like that, and you never knew it, you never heard it, you never felt it. Right. So yeah, it's it's a very big water is very different. Absolutely, David A. Rose, our guest here on Wild Michigan. Um, we're, we're looking forward to to uh, steelhead in the spring i mean we've had opportunities so far all year it seems like you said with some of the water getting higher uh in, in some of the rivers up there um and, and real quickly i want to go back to something ed shaw had said that there were guys and gals fishing on lake mitchell although he was a little skeptical about being out there at that time uh real quickly david have you heard anything about tip up town you know, Tip Up Town, I know, was a go still. Obviously, they weren't having it on the lake, but, um, right. you know, they can set up their activities and everything on shore. So, yeah, Tip Up Town, um, I, luckily, a lot of people knew better than to just zip across the lake. We, Of course, on social media, I see a, a few pictures of a, you know, a quad or a snowmobile that should not have been there, and, and now they know why. Uh, but it sounds like, you know, uh, everything was good. Obviously, the ice fishing tournament, there's spots on Houghton Lake where they're getting out. You know, it's walking out and that kind of thing. So, um, you know, I haven't heard the results of how the catch was, but uh, tip-up town was a go. Well, yeah, it's, it's nice they can always do the carnival on, on shore, uh, you know, the yep. winter carnival, things like that. And um, uh, it's always a cool event to go to. It's been years since I've been there, but, uh, you know, I, I've yet to make it back again sometime soon, hopefully. Anyway. Hopefully, yes. Um, let's let's look forward to March. I know we've got uh, spring turkey season coming up, uh, April and May. That's always always one of my favorite times of years to get out. But uh, with fishing, how do you think the forecast is going to look for steelhead this year? You know, it should be okay. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of pe- a lot more people fishing uh, in January than than normal because it's been spring like conditions and they can't get out on the ice. So. You know, they're getting hit pretty good, but, you know, catch and release is a huge thing, even with steelhead and whatnot. Um, so you see a lot of, you know, beautiful fish. Uh, they're going to get weary, though. I mean, if they get caught once or twice on a green sure. polka-dotted whatever, they're probably not going to eat a green polka-dotted thing again for a while. Um, but, you know, you never know just what the population's going to be. But, you know, these steelhead, they come in the rivers, you know, in April to spawn. So... You know, once April rolls around, it's kind of late in the season anyway because those fish aren't there just to feed. They're there for procreation. So, but yeah, I mean, it seems like it's going to be, I imagine it's going to be good. All right. David A. Rose, appreciate you joining us. We're Wild Michigan being brought to you by Conquest Sense on the Michigan Talk Network. You can join us on Facebook or listen to podcasts, all from our website at wildmichiganradio.com. Now, back to Duran Martinez and Wild Michigan. Cross the line at an hour to time. Interstate 94, more miles through the Great Lakes State. Turn it up so the bus ain't late. Another night in Michigan. 
Welcome back to Wild Michigan. I'm Duran Martinez. Happy to have you here on the Michigan Talk Network and happy to be uh, anywhere on the radio anymore. Man, get pushing 30 years of radio. Just talked to my good friend Danny Stewart over at uh, WFMK in Lansing. He's finally retiring. I will never be never be that guy that retires from radio. I'm gonna have to work till I'm I'm like in the ground, but uh, that's okay. I enjoy what I'm doing, and uh, in our 17th year with this show, thanks to our friends at Not Just Guns, also Conquest Sense, and uh, you can ask the dear professor any question you'd like. You can email it to me, outdoormailbag at gmail.com. We'll get it to Doug, and when we have him on here next, we can read your question on the air. But right now, I'm going to pose some questions to our good friend, Lance Valentine. Teaching fishing is what he does. And uh, and Lance, it's just kind of funny because uh, when um, when I first talked to you this morning, you said, okay, I want to talk about about uh, you know some lures changes that we've made for jig changes for Detroit River. I'm like, well, that's odd because I was going to ask, you know, why hasn't there been any change uh, in river jigs on the Detroit for so long? Well, there. Once again, we're in sync. How are you, sir? <laughs> I'm do- I'm doing well. Good to <laughs> good to talk to you. I, I, it's funny because you know I was thinking about the um, the Ultimate Fishing Show Detroit, and we just got off the phone yep. with David A. Rose about that. And I think to myself, you know, a lot of the colors and the, the one-ounce round ball jigs and things that they make locally in that Detroit area where you can only find in those shops usually end up at that fishing show. And guys are there buying their lead, you know, tons and tons of lead. But, you know, and now you tell me that you've gone and, and made your own version of a jig for the Detroit River. And I'm I'm really anxious to hear about this because, again, what the first thing that comes to my mind when I close my eyes is like a round one ounce jig head uh, in antifreeze <laughs> yeah. you know okay there there that's what i'm thinking right yeah. now yeah well we'll stop because <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that's that's not thinking right you know um well you know when i first started fishing heavy jigs uh you know when we kind of got that into our mind that heavy jigs you know three quarter ounce one ounce could work you know and you, know, you gotta remember back you know, when we first started doing that, there was maybe maybe a dozen guys on the river that were fishing that way. Everybody else was fishing three eighths, maybe a half if you were fishing deeper, or um, uh, or the wind was really blowing. Um, you know, everybody was fishing smaller jigs. That was kind of the the idea: go as small as you could go. And you know, a few things led us to fishing with some heavier jigs. And and then we started obviously doing the seminars at the Gander Mountain, started talking about heavy jigs, and um, it kind of became a, you know a big thing. And and they're and they're let me let me back up. I'm, I'm gonna make this. I'm gonna make this very very simple. I love to jig fish. My favorite way to catch any kind of fish is jig fishing. I don't care if it's bass fishing. I don't care if it's pike fishing. I don't care if it's walleye fishing, catching jigs, vertical jigging. I don't care if it's panfish fishing. I don't care if it's slip bobber fishing. I love to have a jig on on a rod and fish with a jig. I'm gonna tell you without question, <clears throat> there is not a single fishing presentation for any species of fish anywhere that a round ball jig should ever be your first choice or a round ball variant, right? Something that's round and has a little, you know, a little, just a little small change to it. Those are the worst jigs to fish in every fishing condition. Now they're huge on Detroit river because guys don't know, guys don't know how to stay vertical. They count on that heavy weight and they fish in places where they lose a bunch of jigs. So buying 10 jigs for a dollar is, is a good idea. Um, the problem is when you get to where you actually need a jig that actually functions properly in current, 
and actually can help you catch more fish and stay vertical and feel the bottom and snag lots, a round ball jig does not do that. So about 15 years ago, you know, we designed our thump jig. It had a pointed nose, um, so it pointed into the current didn't spin. It stayed straight. We put a bunch of weight on the bottom of the jig that we called cheeks. The, the, the water goes over the pointed nose, points the jig straight into the current. The water hits those cheeks and then pushes the jig down. It actually fishes heavier and stays more vertical than a regular round ball or variant does, right? So that jig was really, really, really popular, and we sold a, literally a gazillion of them, right? So as I am prone to do, as I'm jig fish, I'm like, well, you know, we can, we, we can make this a little bit better. So I got a hold of uh, Dan over at 2K Jigs, who's one of the ma- you know, leading jig manufacturers in the country, uh, specifically for bass jigs, but he's the, the best guy that, that we knew for you know, jig making. So I called him up and said, hey, we want to make some changes to this. We want to bring this back, but we want to make some changes. And the conversation was, what are the three things you like about your current jig? What are the three things you would change? So we had that conversation. And what we did with our, with our new jig is we took the weight, traditionally a jig, even our thump jig, you have lead on the collar. And what happens is when you slide a piece of plastic over that lead, it has a tendency sometimes to split that plastic. So now you've got a piece of plastic you can't use, or you only catch one or two fish and it splits. So we took the lead off of uh, the, the collar, and we actually replaced it with two wire keepers. So now you can put any plastic on there you want. It's not going to come off. It's not going to split. So you, you obviously you, you have that advantage. Now, obviously, if you take lead off of a jig, off a collar, you've got to put that lead somewhere to make it, you know, to make it actually the same size. So mm-hmm. Dan and his expertise and his mastery went into his little uh, secret layer there and added more weight at the back and the bottom of the jig. So it made the nose pointier, made the cheeks a little more hydrodynamic, so the water actually pushes them down better now than it used to. And one of the, I call it a Bob Roth happy accident, one of the things that happened <laughs> that we did not expect to happen is when Dan got the final design done, when that jig hits the bottom, it sits on the bottom of the jig, and the hook sits up at about a 15-degree angle. Mm. So if you keep that jig vertical like you should, if you keep tight to that jig and you keep contact with that jig all the way up and all the way down to the bottom, even if you put a little bit of slack line in it, after it hits the bottom, that jig hook will not go to the bottom. It will actually stay up, pointed out the bottom, which means fish can get the hook in their mouth better. If they're sucking stuff off the bottom. Obviously, you get snag less, and obviously you don't roll the point of your hook and get a doll because it's not down on the bottom in the rock. So... Uh, we developed what we think is is by far the best jig for, for fishing heavy current, uh, regardless of what you fish for or where you fish. If you fish heavy current, especially vertically, this is the jig you want to look at. Uh, I ordered enough for the Novi show from our past records, and I, not the COVID years, the years before COVID when things were normal. Uh, I ordered enough jigs. I took enough jigs to Novi to, that traditionally would get us through Novi and Outdoorama, uh, and we sold out that whole stock at the Novi show. So, the response has been amazing. Guys saw what the jig does. They looked at the design. We showed them how it all worked, and it was absolutely um, – very few people walked out of there with two or three bags. Most guys walked out with six, eight, ten, twelve bags. One guy came, saw the new jig, bought 60 bags, three jigs in a bag, bought 60 wow. bags of one-ounce fire tiger. Um, so the jig has been very, very well accepted. And, again, forget – forget. it's going to help you fish better. I'm telling mm-hmm. you. You're going to stay vertical better. You're going to feel the bottom better. You're going to feel more buoyant. You're going to get snag last. And if you're inexperienced or have somebody in your boat who's inexperienced, the ability to feel the jig better is a huge part to getting them fishing and having a good time on the river. Lance Valentine is our guest here. And Lance, I'll, I'll be the first 
to say that the first time, the first couple of times that I fished the Detroit River, getting vertical was was kind of, you know, it was very difficult for me because I wasn't really understanding the concept at first. Uh, and right. then trying to stay in water that deep with a current that fast was was very, very difficult. And, you know, and still proves to be on occasion when I was fishing with that other stuff. Now that you have these, I will look forward to trying those. It'll be very different, I'm sure. I, you know, we, we've been selling jigs. I think our thump jigs came out in, I, I want to say, I went back the other day, I think I think 2009 is when our thump jigs come out. So, um, you, know, a, you know, a dozen years, let's say. I'll tell you, we, we've sold literally tens of thousands of jigs over that time. And I can remember two instances, because I tell people all the time at the show, they're kind of, I say, okay, buy them. If you don't think they fish better, bring them back. I'm mm-hmm. more than happy to give you your money back. I can remember over those 12 years, two people have come back. Um, and, and guys who are skeptical, guys like, yeah, well, you know, I'll buy a couple bags and try them. Usually I see them next year at the show, and they're stocking up their whole, you know, their whole box. Mm-hmm. The, 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 a jig designed to do the, you know, look, it's the same thing as smallmouth bass fishing on sand. You don't throw a round ball jig, you throw a football jig. That's the same way as fishing northern pike in the weeds. You don't throw a round ball jig, you throw a jig with a, uh, you know, a diamond-shaped head with a line tie at the front so it doesn't get hooked in the snag. Jig design is huge and should be tailored to the type of fishing you're doing. Sure. Round ball jig head is the worst jig head anytime you're fishing, specifically in heavy current. All right, Lance Valentine, teaching fishing. We're going to talk more with him. Find out about what's new, as in, you know, webinar and website, some great stuff coming your way. And we're being brought to you by our friends at Not Just Guns. It's Wild Michigan. You can send your suggestions, comments, or questions to us here via email at outdoormailbag at gmail.com. Now, back to Wild Michigan. Turn the quiet up. Turn the noise down. Let this old world just spin around. Welcome back to Wild Michigan. Duran Martinez hanging out with you on the Michigan Talk Network. Maybe. Soon, looks like we're going to get some ice here in Michigan, but uh, we've been talking a little bit about open water fishing with Lance Valentine. Detroit River coming up, uh, that, that spring run is always such a great time and uh, and and lancy we were talking about your your new design with your jig that sold out at the ultimate fishing show in detroit <laughs> which is you know a, a good problem to have i mean at least now that you can get supply <laughs> you know what i mean yeah well now, yeah and, and, and we'll, we'll be you know we'll be at outdoor rama we'll be stocked up we'll be at the grand rapids show we'll be stocked up and our new web store will kick off sometime in march so uh everybody will be able to get them before fishing season starts well that's good and, and you you are you have always been about uh teaching fishing hence the name you know you, you've always been an educator as long as i've known you um and you know now with social media and internet and, and things i mean we had internet when we started the show 17 years ago but we didn't have social media I mean, we have grown right. <laughs> into this, I mean, exponentially. And, and believe it or not, it can be used for good in education. And that's what you're doing. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's funny you say that because I, I'm actually writing an article right now. I, I talked to uh, Pro Staff Manager uh, Chris Monroe down at um, uh, uh, 
Polacraft and Anger Quest. She she runs. She's the pro staff manager, social media person. That you know that person. And, and I'm actually writing an article about what a pro staff anger actually is. And uh, you know, part of the problem with social media is anybody with a fishing rod and a uh, $200 phone uh, and a YouTube account can be considered an expert. And, and that's <laughs> not true. The, the, the problem with social media today is there's way too much noise. So what happens is there's a lot of bad information out there, but there's so much noise, people just want information. So they listen to bad information, and sometimes they never get to actually really good information and and that's a battle that everybody that's on social media that, that's trying to um get their content to people um that's a battle that that, that you face right um it, it's it's one of these uh shiny object things right people would rather see a, a really cool opening and a flash opening and um you know a guy doing something that may work one day and he catches a couple fish with his iphone um and that guy becomes an expert when the people who are experts and really understand what is happening, why it's happening, how to teach you how to react to that, and how to react when that doesn't happen, um, a lot of those people kind of get lost in the crowd because, you know, they're, they're, there's, there's too much noise. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's tough, you know, but we, we use social media the best we can. Um, you know, we, we kind of keep in our, you know, in our heart, we know that there's a, for us, for us, there's a right way to teach. Um, and that is getting to the whys of everything. Um, because, you know, when you catch fish on a certain day on a certain lure in a certain place, there's a reason it happened. It didn't just happen because you had the super secret magic lure or, or some, you know, really cool $95 custom color crank. That's not why it happened. It happened due to some sort of conditions. And we want you to understand why it happened. So when it happens again, you can do it. Or if it doesn't happen tomorrow, you can react and do something different. So. Um, you know, and that's always a battle because, you know, uh, our stuff is not quote unquote sexy. Um, it is just down to earth, hardcore, um, you know, learn your ABCs. And if you apply your ABCs in the right order, you're going to catch more fish. Um, and then sometimes, you know, that doesn't always attract audiences. But one thing I'm proud of, Dran, is when we do get somebody to our site or onto our social media or into our groups, they start to watch what and how we teach. Um, our retention rate is extremely high. Um, it's just getting them there, you know, the first time that, that right. with social media is, be- is becoming harder. It, it is, you know, and it's like before before social media, you know, I, when I first got into this business, you know, I, I learned quickly that the, the term pro staff was something that would literally make me cringe. Um, because of, well, I'm pro staff for this or I'm pro, you know, I get like all the sauce packets, Taco Bell I want. So I must be considered pro staff. Taco Taco Bell pro staff. (laughs) You know, and it's just like, it's like, you know, am am I really engaging with that person? No, because I, I can't get past that initial meeting thing, you know? And, and, and like you said, it, for some people, if it doesn't flash, bang, you know, explosions and everything right at the beginning, you're not going to keep their attention. But you, through good, solid science and education, have had that retention with people and the um, the comeback, if you will. And, you know, you're going to do the same thing with a three-hour video that you have coming up. Yeah, so uh, I, you know, I call our guys NASCAR loyal. Is kind of what I what I tell. Them. You know, once they find us and they and they kind of buy into how we teach and they try what we try, 
Um, there are guys. Now, look at I, they will, and I encourage them to go watch other people teach. Absolutely, there's a lot of information out there that is awesome. I peruse the internet daily for fishing information from people who do things different or different places or have a different take on things um, than I do, and I would encourage that. But always come back to the basics, right? Always go back to that one teacher who doesn't let you get away with being lazy and doesn't let you, you know, kind of get complacent. But, uh, yeah, we've got, uh, I I wanted to talk about this. We've got, this is really cool. So talking about Detroit River. So we've got what we call the Detroit River feature course uh, on our new website, the new website, teachyfishing.com. The new design kicked off about two weeks ago. Uh, And on the homepage, we've got a, a, it's called the feature course Detroit River. And what it is, it's three hours of uh, streaming on-demand video, you can watch. You can watch it once. You can watch it twice. You watch it as much as you want. It's three hours of video, and it covers how fish react to what's happening in the Detroit River. How fish actually migrate into the river. That you know, there, there's there's five basic ways that fish come in the river, and depending on how they come in the river, completely determines what they're going to do when they get in the river, where they're going to go, how long they're going to stay, where they're going to spawn how they're going to come back out the river. So knowing these five entry points and why each one, why the timing is different. Each one happens at a different time of year, different weather conditions, different types of fish. That's all important. Understanding once fish get in the river, how they move, what pieces of structure they use to move during pre-spawn, spawn, post-spawn, and then dispersal when they go back out. Uh, We talk about some of the best spawning locations in the Detroit River and how to find those and actually target big fish. Uh, My good buddy Ali Shakur, one of the smartest guys I know about fishing, uh, a doctoral candidate at, at Wayne State University on fishery biology. Um, you know, he, he's on a couple times. He talks about how changes in weather and changes in things that aren't happening anymore on the Detroit River actually are affecting when, where, how, and why fish are actually coming from Erie into Detroit and why the run is a little bit different than it used to be, a little bit different timing and not as congested as it used to be and not as concentrated there's reasons for that and we and we cover all those things and my good buddy mark panazak hops on and and we talk about basic presentations and some adjustments that we've made over the years to battle um high fishing pressure clear water specifically some of the things that we've done to kind of make adjustments uh to our presentation but the whole focus uh, of the course is on understanding the science and the physiology of the fish what the conditions offer, and how those fish react to those conditions so you can be uh, in a better spot more often because you understand where the fish should be based on the daily conditions. And, and that's something we're really proud of, and it's gone over really, really well. We've got a lot of guys doing it right now, um, but they can, they can get access to that, teachingfishing.com, uh, top row, second box to the left of the Detroit course, or feature course, Detroit River. Click on that, gives you all the details, and I promise you, you, you watch that a couple times. Um, you will catch more fish on Detroit River. I absolutely 100% guarantee it. Yeah, you know, and that's such a great fishery as well. I mean, we weren't able to fish Canadian side. And I, I real quickly, I want to ask you this question. is yeah. we, we have so many people that flock to the Canadian side. Is there yeah. a structural difference? Is there a yes. depth? I, mean, yes. I, I think yes. there is, but but I'll t- ask you why off air. But go ahead and you tell me. There, there, there's, there's definitely, and we cover all this. We got to cover all this in that course. There's definitely a reason why the Canadian side is better more often, more fish come up the Canadian side, more big fish come up the Canadian side. The fish that come up this Canadian side migrate further upriver than the fish that come on the American side do, and the fish that come up the Canadian side stay in the river longer, especially the big fish. And there's 
definite reasons why. And we spent a lot of time on the course. Carving. I, I tell people all the time, if I had one choice and somebody said, hey, you got to go to the Detroit River the rest of your life, uh, pick a side. I would never, ever buy a, an American license, ever. Um, if you said you could only fish one side of the line, I would be in Canada all the time. Um, a lot more different varied structure, a lot more different spots. Like I said, more fish. Fish migrate up the river further. Fish stay longer. More big fish. More habitat for fish to do different things. Rest, feed, move, spawn uh, on the Canadian side. So if you're missing the Canadian side, if you're not fishing it, you're missing probably some of the best fishing every day on the Detroit River happens on the Canadian side. That was that was a question actually that I was going to actually ask before we even did this interview, and I'm glad that you brought that up, and that will be in the video, uh, teachingfishing.com. And, and and that's important, too, because, you know, there was a big lament about why we couldn't go to the Canadian side. And people said, well, we just we're not catching fish on the American side. And, you know, I'm like, well, why? But but I know there's reasons why, you know, and, and I'll talk to you off air about that. But if you want yeah. to find out why, definitely go to teachingfishing.com and, and see for yourself. Um, and and oh. how, how are you looking for, for bookings on Detroit? Uh, I have, uh, funny you ask, I was just looking through my calendar. I, I, I started with 85 trips available. Um, I have uh, an afternoon on April 4th and an afternoon on April 6th open. And I'm looking at my May calendar, and that is it. So I have, uh, I have two afternoons open, April 4th and April 6th, and the rest of my calendar is full. So we've got 85 wow. trips booked. That's fantastic. Yeah. Good, so, good for you. Another, another great year on the river. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it will be for sure. Absolutely, Lance Valentine teaching fishing, joining us here. Um, look, man, I'm going to talk to you off air because I know we're up against a break here. But uh, definitely check him out online. Check out our friends at Not Just Guns Cedar Street 127 in Mason online at NotJustGuns.com. And Doug and Karen Roberts with Conquest Sense, makers of Evercom. VS1 and the Running Buck, Sense and a Stick, and the new Thermopads that you can use with your Thermocell unit, man. Lots of good stuff coming on. I'd say get ready for deer season now. Also want to thank our friends at Commemorative Bucks of Michigan. I'll be doing uh, the MC work for them coming up in March at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. All that information at wildmichiganradio.com.